You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we work to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear the good news about the person and work of Jesus and as we scatter to share it. We hope that you enjoy. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in this day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, will he recover? Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Mary said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. 
When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled, and he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him, let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day, they made plans to put him to death. This is the word of the Lord. Next week, Sunday is Palm Sunday, and we will begin our trek through Holy Week. But before we get there, we have to go through death. We have to see death and its power, and we need to see the power of resurrection. We have to see the power of resurrection because we do not and cannot believe it without the word of God, Jesus himself, speaking it to us in showing us the fruit of true life in Christ.
Our big idea for today is this. Because of Jesus' righteous life, atoning death, and resurrection, this life and sickness does not lead to death, but a shared resurrection with Christ. In our passage this morning, we read about Jesus' very close friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. At the beginning, we hear that Lazarus is sick. And so what does Jesus do? He runs right away to make sure that the words that he spoke were going to be true. You know, that this sickness would not lead to death. No, he stays two extra days where he's at. Then he decides to start the two-day journey into the region where people wanted him dead. His friends and followers, the disciples, assume that instead of acting immediately, Jesus is maybe weighing his options about whether it's worth risking death to make sure that his friend has gotten completely better from sickness. Well, you know, since it wasn't going to lead to death anyway. Jesus even says Lazarus fell asleep. They think, well, sure, boss, he fell asleep. Getting sick makes you tired. To which Jesus responds by letting them know, guys, he died. Lazarus is dead. See, the disciples thought that Jesus healing his friend would be the most God-glorifying thing that could happen, right? This illness does not lead to death, but it is for the glory of God so that the Son of God could be glorified through this event. Now, this must have been confusing to Jesus' disciples because then Thomas lets him know that if he's going to go and die where Lazarus is, if he's going to fly into the fire of political turmoil and struggle, then they will die with him. It's actually kind of amazing how Basically, everything that we see happening in the Gospels, when someone speaks, they're usually getting it wrong. Now, in verse 17, we see what happens when Jesus shows up. Lazarus has been dead for four days. And we have to get a little gruesome to understand some things here. Four days means that Lazarus was more than just a little dead. Day three would be the day that... The whole lot of spices and oils that they used to preserve the body and keep it from smelling too bad started to wear off. This means that rotting, stinking flesh in a dark, dank cave where things decompose like old fruit in a wet pile of lawn clippings. Yeah, you get the idea. That's all starting to happen. Lazarus is very dead. And Martha ran out to meet Jesus and let him know that she had faith in him still, that surely his brother would not have died if he had been there. The presence of Jesus causes people to rise up to their feet. That is, when people hear the word, they come to meet him. They're obedient. Back then, death was common and accepted, unlike sometimes now and 
the panic that we're seeing in the world, even though it is extreme. And I don't think that she's rubbing the death in Jesus' face, saying something to effect of, well, if only you had been here. And Jesus' response shows us that the lesson was not her lack of faith about his ability to work a miracle. He comforts her by saying that her brother would rise again. Oh, well, of course, Jesus, I also believe in everything that our ancestors did. I believe that he will rise on the last day. I believe in the resurrection of the dead. But I do wish that you would have been here to stop it. But Jesus says to Martha and to you and to me, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus says he himself is the resurrection. He's not going to be the resurrection. He has not been the resurrection at some point in the past. Right now, in this very moment, as well as every moment before it and every moment to follow, Jesus says he is the resurrection and he is life. And whoever believes that about him will live even if they die and they will never experience true death. True death being leaving this life, which leads to forever existence separated from God's good gifts. It leads to forever spent without the experience and the, the feeling presence of the love of God. And now... Mary jumps into the mix with a whole lot of witnesses who were there to comfort the sisters in their time of grief and sadness. And when this group arrives, Jesus sees their sadness and he's moved in a deep way. When they invited Jesus to see Lazarus, he, he cried right along with them. He cried for all the reasons they cried. He mourned his friend. He wept over the curse of death and the pain that the living and the dead experienced because of it. And he cried because his friends cried. But he cried for another reason, too. He cried because he was deeply pained and troubled. Now, some people standing around said, Aw, Jesus loved his true friend. But... Others show us a different reason why Jesus was deeply moved and greatly troubled. Unbelief. Could not he who opens the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? This guy clearly does not have any authority. He can't even plan his travel calendar properly to show up for a friend and save him from death. We read about another time that Jesus wept in Luke chapter 19, verse 41. Jesus weeps over Jerusalem because he has what they need for salvation, and yet none of what is about to happen to him is going to happen easily. It's going to be messy and explosive, incendiary, and the very name and person of God is going to be dishonored. And it's because of that disbelief, Jesus weeps over the whole city. And because of the disbelief and the lack of faith in this event, Jesus also weeps. When they arrive at the cave, Jesus asks them to move the stone. 
to which Martha speaks up concerning the whole composting body situation. And Jesus reminds her, remember, I said to you that you would see the glory of God, which still seems pretty mysterious. And so he prays, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of all the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And then he calls out to Lazarus. In essence, like the prophet Isaiah said, he, he speaks to Lazarus, right? He says, but now thus says the Lord, this is Isaiah chapter 43, who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame will not consume you. Lazarus, he says, calls him by name. He says, you are mine. You will go through death. But you will come out unharmed. You will go through death, but you will not die. And it's at that, at the presence of the word of God, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus obeys. He gets up and he walks out. People standing around, they're amazed and horrified. And some of them hear this word from God of resurrection and the, the fruit that it produces in a living Lazarus. And they believe. And others hear this good word from God and they harden their hearts and they turn away and they go and speak with the Pharisees and the chief priests and, and tattle on Jesus. Essentially, they tattle on him for being God. And then the big boss... Caiaphas had this to say about Jesus. He would be a sacrifice for the whole nation. He would be a sacrifice so that the whole nation could live on in peaceful hostility with the Romans. See, every once in a while they needed to give Rome a sacrifice. They needed to give Rome one man who tries to upset the whole system that they have going on. And then the Roman machine will be pleased and they'll leave the Jews alone for a little while. What Caiaphas cannot understand is that he is speaking with a wisdom not his own. He speaks the truth when he says that Jesus is going to rescue the nation and bring all of God's people back. He just does not know that this includes bringing back all of those that God has set aside. Everyone from every coastland, as Isaiah would say. A group of people as numerous as the stars of the sky from every nation as had been promised to Abraham. And so the plans are made to put him to death. But we know how this story ends. We know that Jesus will die and that he will die for you and for me and that he will bring us all back from where we have been scattered. And he will do this by calling each of us by name and saying to us, you 
who are dead in the trespasses and sins that you walk in, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. You who live in the passions of the flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. You who are children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. You, come out. You who are dead, come alive. Because in the midst of our sin, but God. (laughs) In the midst of our sin, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we could walk in them. Jesus raises each of us out of the deadness of our sin and gives us life in him, a life that cannot be taken away, a life that will be spent forever with him, and a life that though we die now, yet we live more fully and forever in the presence of our good and great God, who because of his great mercy loves us. Because of Jesus' righteous life, atoning death, and resurrection, this life and sickness does not lead to death, but a shared resurrection with Christ. Anchored Baptist Church, whatever happens tomorrow, whatever happens 20 days from now, whatever happens in the next year, rest in and rely upon Jesus alone, who is your only hope, who is your life, who is your resurrection. It's in his name that we can say all of this is true. Amen. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.